0: Hey everybody, my name is Steven Teal and this is my wife Allie and uh, this is going to be our first attempt at starting a podcast slash vlogging series um, that focuses on interabled marriages and how to cope with things that you might experience um, in a relationship like that. Um, so a little bit about myself, so let's just jump right into it. Um, I was born with a form of muscular dystrophy called Becker's muscular dystrophy and I um, I know a lot of people don't really know what that is. Um, it's a tough one to talk about because there's not a lot of really awareness on it, um, nope. except for the shamrocks you probably see every year. Um,
1: yeah, that was the only time I'd ever even seen it before was the shamrocks you get like in the drive through at a fast food restaurant or at a grocery store. And it would just say muscular, muscular dystrophy, but there wasn't information. And I never, ever knew anyone with any form of MD before I met you. Mm-hmm.
0: That's something I hear from a lot of people is that their first exposure is me, yeah, because <laughs> um, it's just not something they talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. So for everybody that doesn't know, I'll try to give you as quick of an overview as I can. What what is Becker Bec, uh, excuse me, what is Becker's muscular dystrophy? Um, well, according to MDA, I'm going to read off their website. Mm-hmm. Becker muscular dystrophy is one of the nine types of muscular dystrophies, uh, which is a group of genetic degenerative diseases that primarily affect voluntary muscles. Um, it's basically just a degenerative muscle disorder. That's the easiest way to explain it to other people. Um,
1: well, dystrophin is a hormone, right? Yeah. I'm going to get
0: to that eventually, but yeah, if you want to talk about it, you can. So
1: from what I understand, and this is just, I've done a lot of research just since being with you. Um, and, and that's kind of how it goes is if, if you're in a relationship like this, you're going to find yourself doing a lot of research on your own and kind of, um, deep diving for answers to things. Um, and so I, I learned, um, that dystrophin is a hormone and your body, I think can make it, doesn't make enough of it from what I understand. And then the receptors that should, um, like receive dystrophin to function in your muscles, don't receive the dystrophin at all or correctly, which I think it depends on the type of MD you have. And so what it makes me think of is diabetes. So there are different types of diabetes where, it all has to do with insulin and insulin production or um, like your body accepting it. And so for some people with diabetes, their body can make insulin but doesn't use it correctly. And some people don't make insulin at all. Some people have crazy reactions to insulin. Um, and it can affect you in all different kinds of ways. And so that's just kind of how I've like related it to understand is um, your body doesn't use the dystrophin properly. And so that affects um your muscles ability to be strong and then to build. So like Mm -hmm. to get stronger. Yes. Right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. According to the website, basically it's a gene mutation on the X chromosome Mm -hmm. um, that causes the protein dystrophin not to function. Um, And according to the website, they say dystrophin protein helps keep muscle cell membrane from breaking or tearing when our muscles contract and relax. So anytime you try to build muscle, it keeps your muscles from ripping off pretty much. Um. This is um that sounds awful yeah no that does not sound like a fun time so some of the symptoms of Becker Muscular dystrophy um, the onset typically appears between five to 60 years of age um according to web uh, the huge, mda.org that's a huge span yeah it is and it's but most most cases happen when you're young Yeah, you notice as just for me I noticed it when I was eight and then I was diagnosed when I was 11.
1: But technically, anyone so, with MD, you're born with. You're it, born right? with it,
0: but the, you you appear normal until you're about five. Gotcha. Um, and usually the first sign of it is it's slower and less predictable than Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is this is the milder form of that kind of muscular dystrophy. Um, so it's it's harder to predict because it reacts a lot slower. Yeah. Um, you're first gonna notice some generalized weakness in the muscles of the hips, pelvic area, thighs, and shoulders. And the calves are often large. That's usually the first giveaway. My parents noticed my calves were ridiculously big.
1: Like looks like he's been just working out. Yeah. Nothing but his calves. Well, like I play football. Like yeah.
0: anybody from America, American football, That's I'm built like a linebacker. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's just a little small overview. If you want to know a little bit more about specifics on that, yeah. we'll probably do like an actual video. Or a podcast just on that. Mm -hmm. Or you can go research it. Just to learn about it. Yep.
1: Because I think it's important to have that information so that when people ask you, well, what is it? Or um, what does that mean? You say you have MD or someone has MD. Um, Like for me, I had a hard time explaining it to my family. They would say, "Um, well, what's wrong with him? Because I'd say he has MD. And they were like, well, what does that mean? You know? Um, And like I said, I just had to research it on my own. I didn't have anyone that I could go ask. And with him... Um, he would answer me, but even he didn't have all the answers because we were young. And so we've just been learning more and more about it. And, um, and that's the thing, like we'll preface with that is that we are still learning. Um, and like I said, asked him, is it a hormone or is it a protein? I don't, I don't have all the answers. Neither one of us are medical professionals, um, at all, but we're learning. And as we learn, we want to share what we learn with you guys. So that we can all grow in that way. Um, I think that's important for people with disabilities or in an interabled relationship. I think it's really important for us to communicate with each other and with other people in the world so that they know um, how to help us. We know how to help each other. And I think just to encourage each other. Um, But I think it's important for us to talk about this stuff. So I'm excited to do it.
0: Yeah. I think that's what made us want to do this is that we just felt like there was not enough representation, not just for my certain situation, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we know there are YouTube channels out there that are doing the same thing, but I feel like there needs to be more, um, because yeah. we just, we know that everybody's situation is different mm-hmm. and the more the people talk about it, the more people will probably, be, um, I guess, normalized to it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I think a question I want to ask you, because it's easy for me to talk about me? it. Um, yeah. <laughs> is that, um what was your first thought when you found out and what, like, I guess I want to know what was your first reaction in your mind when you found out I had it? And then what was your reaction when you found out what really was happening?
1: So, um, it started hanging out with all of our friends that we had. This was before we were even dating. Um, I noticed you walked funny, um, because he used to, He's in a wheelchair now, but he used to walk, um, I wouldn't say normally, but close to normal. Um, Yeah,
0: just walked on my tiptoes. That's a very mm -hmm. common thing. And
1: sort of just kind of looked like maybe you had a limp or something. Yeah. Um, But I noticed that and... You and I weren't super close and I wasn't around you a ton, um, but we shared close friends. And so I asked one of our friends, Kelsey, actually, um, I said, hey, I noticed Stephen walks funny um, and that you had a hard time getting up from a chair. And I said, is he okay?" Um, Because I thought you had just been injured. Like I thought maybe you'd sprained an ankle or like hurt yourself um, because I was just getting to know you. And she said, oh, no, he has MD. And I said, what is MD? I literally knew nothing about it. Um, And she said, oh, it's just a muscle disease, um, but he's fine. And I said, OK, so I didn't think anything of it because I I don't think I knew enough to be freaked out or anything. Um, but the more I got to know you, the more questions I asked her. And then I I mean, I was pretty upfront about asking you questions. Yeah, you um, but when we started dating and I really basically when I started to like really have feelings for you, um, I looked it up and unfortunately had one of those scary like WebMD MD. Um, experiences where I read like the worst stuff about muscular dystrophy. Um, he's and he's going to
0: die in five years. Well,
1: even 10 years ago, yeah. the information was different. Yeah. And so your life expectancy age back then was way younger than it is now. Now just, it's been what we've been together for seven, some years. Um, now we know that people with Becker's Duchenne muscular dystrophy do live longer than we thought they did back then. So that's great. But that's what I read back then. And it freaked me out. It didn't make me not want to date you. But it did kind of make me go, okay. what am I signing up for and am I willing to sign up for it? And that's not something I'd ever thought about with any other relationship. Um, But I definitely had to take a step back and it wasn't personal. It was just, um, you know, am I okay with my relationship being different? And I, again, had really strong feelings for you. So, yes, I was willing to have a different kind of relationship. Um, I didn't know what that meant. But I knew it would be different, and I was okay with that. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of people face and don't know what to do with it um, because my friends had differing opinions about it. Even yeah. my family had some interesting opinions about it. Um, of are you sure you want to do that? You know, Are you sure you want to take care of someone for the rest of your life? Um, you're never going to be able to do this, or you're never going to be able to do that. And it was stuff I thought about, but I think when you love someone, none of that matters. Um, because anything can happen at any time. You can be two perfectly abled people. And if one of you gets in a car accident and something happens, you know, that doesn't change that you love them. And hopefully you don't just leave them because they got in a car accident and are paralyzed. Um, most people stick it out. So for me, it was just something was already different and I was going into it that way. Um, but I also, as much as it did kind of rub me the wrong way to have people say, oh, are you sure you want to, you know, do that? I also get it. And it wasn't personal. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you ever want anyone to go through anything difficult, you know. Um, but I do. I mean, it did bother me. Um, but, yeah. So or pretty early on, though, in our relationship, I would say I had to think about some big, big questions. Yeah.
0: I think that's the thing for me is I was prepared for that. Um, but I don't think (laughs) I thought about that. You needed to be prepared for that. Right. Like it's not something that I thought, Oh man, I should probably warn her that, Hey, there's going to be some scary stuff. You're going to learn about me.
1: Well, yeah, Um, there's like a learning curve. That's the thing you've, you've lived with this forever. And so you're not adjusting to it at the rate that I am. You have like a slower adjustment period because it's like gradual for you, but it was all coming at me at one time. Um, Having never dated someone with any kind of disability at all, it was just like, whoa, everything is different. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. But he, I think the <clears throat> thing that we taught your family and that you learned was that, oh, he's still independent. He's not. Yeah. He's not what everyone pictures as a disabled person. They think, oh, well, you're going to take care of them. You're literally going to do everything for them. And, and in some like, cases, yes. Yes. But that's not to say that that everyone. person doesn't have their own brain and their own independence in a certain way. Like, right. They still like to do things. I still like to have fun. We just have to adapt our ways of doing their Mm -hmm. doing things or getting to places. And I think that's the thing is like, the stigma is that, Oh, there you have a disability. So they're not going to contribute. They're not going to be fun. They're not going to be as fun as you like as to say that disabled, non-disabled people or able-bodied people are more fun well, yeah, Because they can just simply walk.
1: Because they can go hiking, because they like can it, do whatever.
0: It, yeah, the, the idea that if you have a normal body, you're more fun than a disabled person, mm-hmm. which is not always the case.
1: I don't think it was about fun for a lot of people. Now, there were certain friends that did say that, well, I, I couldn't date someone like that because I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to go, yeah, you know, backpacking or whatever. Yes. Um, And I, I mean, whatever. they They know themselves, and that's their business. I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing what you're okay with um
0: yeah and i appreciate that i can appreciate the honesty that some yeah. people have but at some point too you're also thinking well can't you just think about someone else instead of yourself like
1: yeah
0: i don't know it's not for everyone i guess but is, is, one is, is thing part of it.
1: The, the pattern i noticed though the people who had that opinion who, well, I couldn't date someone handicapped because I want to be able to do these things in my relationship for people that hadn't had an actual serious relationship before. And they'd never been in love with someone before. And I think when you're in love with someone, or if you've ever been in love with someone, it's easy. It's easier to understand. I don't care what it is because I love you. So I think that's just honestly, just, you've never experienced that feeling for someone of, of saying, um, that unconditional of love but um, for some people it wasn't even about being the, the fun aspect of it it was you know um, you're going to be doing everything it's all going to be on you um, it's going to be an uneven balance you're going to get burnout you're going to be tired of it um, and there are I mean burnout is a thing in interabled relationships but I also think burnout is a thing in regular relationships I, you know um,
0: I think that's also just a naive perspective they just they're not trying to be rude.
1: Well, they don't they can't imagine how you would contribute. And yeah, like yeah. you said, it's not being rude, yeah. but they're only used to what they've experienced, mm-hmm. which I think is for everything in life. We only know what we know. Mm-hmm. And and that again, that's why we're doing this. But um, it was the, you know, you're gonna have to chase after the kids, you're gonna do the laundry, you're gonna do the heavy lifting. And while those things are true, that doesn't mean you don't contribute in a hundred different ways. Um, but I think too. It it It's almost like an immediate invasion of privacy that I learned with people is, well, they he's not going to be able to contribute or h- what does he do to help you then? Yes. Or what is he going to do? And I would never ask that of an able couple. I wouldn't say, oh, well, I mean, maybe I guess some people do. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to go up to someone and be like, well, how does your husband contribute to your relationship? That just seems like private information. It's invasive, yes. But for us, because... Our differences are visible. I think people feel like, well, I can just ask because I can see yeah, that he's and, different.
0: And in some ways, I appreciate the people that ask. Um, I
1: think it's how they ask, though. That y- well, makes yeah, a that's huge fine. Difference. But I'm
0: saying that I've had the experience with the people that just stare, and the people that just ask. And I would almost rather someone ask, <laughs> even if they ask weirdly. I can correct them. Hey, maybe don't ask it that way next time. Right. But like the people that stare are sometimes the worst because mm-hmm. it's like we know you want to ask. Yeah. I can see you looking at me. Right, right. Just freaking ask. <laughs> Um. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just like you said, it's just kind of an invasive thing at first. Mm-hmm. You had to get used to that. I was already prepared for it.
1: Yeah. So. Well, I think people ask me almost more personal questions though than they asked you.
0: Well, yeah, because they feel like they're going to offend me. Yeah. Even so though they if were they got to, to know me, they would know better. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were willing to go there with me pretty yep. quick.
0: And it takes them longer to get to know things because you have to ask me. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, so I, I get. Yeah,
0: I have to be the middleman for you
1: hmm. anyway.
0: <laughs> so we'll segue from some of that. Is so one it, of the questions okay. that I wanted to ask you, because yeah.
1: I can't answer this question, um, was do you I know we don't we both use the word disabled because that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm able bodied, you're disabled. Do you mind the words handicap or the being called crippled Are either of those? Do you consider them negative or are they OK?
0: Um, I don't know. I think it depends on the context, like any word. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm.
1: to me crippled seems negative
0: well yeah um i guess yeah that does <sighs> i can see where it has a negative connotation yeah yeah um disabled and i think that is yeah exactly, kind of makes more sense to me mm-hmm. because like in golf you have the term handicap it just means like there's a special handicap thing. means an assistance right yeah it's just an exactly it's just Needing something of it's just something it's not anything negative in my opinion mm-hmm. but disabled to me makes a lot more sense um because i feel like crippled implies that your body is just messed up like it means you you're mangled you have nothing like and typically when you hear that word it's people that like are so severely injured they can't do anything mm-hmm. and i think
1: that's how it's been used before a lot yeah
0: and i think dis- disabilities can be invisible now i mean there's so many disabilities out there that people don't realize so
1: that's true crippled is very limiting as far as what it yes and covers. there are some
0: people that live with like i have a friend with like pcos and it like causes her to not be able to stand for a long periods of time so she's ambulatory but she still uses a wheelchair
1: what does ambulatory mean for people who may not know
0: it means you can walk okay <laughs> it means you're just, able just, to get up and down yeah. yeah it just means you can get up and down you're able to move around um so she sometimes has to use a wheelchair But people would know that looking at her. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they would judge her for using one. It's just, that's why I'm saying. So, anyway, that's kind of getting off the point there. But, no, yeah. But, like, I think I don't mind when people say that about me. Um, Because, I mean, it's true. I mean, I guess I can't be mad about something that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've never had someone go, look at that cripple guy. (laughs) I've never heard that. Like, I've never heard that from anybody. I've
1: heard people say that. Not about you. I mean, I've had hurtful nicknames that I don't
0: think people realize were hurtful like they called me waddles in high school and while that seems no. fun and innocent
1: no that's pretty
0: i understand that's that that's upsetting i think it's you have to know where your friends are coming from like yeah i think they try or trying to be funny to make me feel better but at the same time you're like yeah, i don't want to be reminded maybe that i walk funny yeah. maybe maybe that's not the time mm-hmm. <laughs> so um yeah again like we said at the beginning i think it's just intention mm-hmm. it that just that's what matters to and me and
1: i think it's totally okay and we'll say this a lot that it's okay to ask questions like just ask but i think it's okay if you're not sure if it's okay to refer to someone as handicapped or crippled or disabled it's okay to ask them like you know do do i call you this when talking to other people like it's okay to ask that um and and if it's just important to respect what people are comfortable with um but i think a huge part of any disability and any person with a disability will likely agree with this is that just ask me if you have a question, ask it. Um, even if it seems offensive, let's just get it out and talk about it. Um, you know. Um, yeah, I
0: think I'm more offended by assumptions. Yes. Than I am by questions. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Don't assume you know what about, what you know about me. Just ask me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's going to be something we talk about a lot because that's part of this whole experience. It's so common. Is assumptions that things are just not the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And as you'll learn and other people will learn, hopefully, that's just not true.
1: Mm-hmm. so you know obviously you've had md your whole life but yes it it affects you way more now than it did and so now it's obvious um that you're in a wheelchair so people can see that you're disabled but before you were in the wheelchair yeah. when it was so more of like almost like a hidden disability did people treat you differently when they then found out you had md
0: um, or
1: the same or worse like you know like did things change when people found out you have a disability a lot of the things i
0: heard were I never would have known because, yes, I walked with kind of like, I walked on my toes. So, I mean, obviously, I walked off balance. Right. Um, So, you could tell it kind of looked like it just had a limp. Right. Like, and it wasn't so bad when I was a teenager, honestly. Like, it's it's hard to explain to people because it's, I can only explain how normal walking feels to me. Mm -hmm. Like, so walking to me was, I could walk normal. I could go up hills. Steps were really hard. I couldn't run. um, Like, I couldn't lift my body weight and stuff I couldn't bend over and lift things like it's it was things like that um so but people didn't notice when I was walking like because I don't think that's something you inherently want to pay attention to because you don't think about it because it's something you just do as a human does that make sense yeah um so I don't think people treated me differently when they found out they would just say things like oh I never would have known until you said something and then they notice when I say something because they are con- conscious of it. Mm-hmm. They're thinking to watch for it.
1: I think, too, when you see someone with a limp um, or that walks funny, you don't assume they have a muscular disease. Like I like I assumed you had an injury. Um, and, and unless you spend a lot of time with them, you don't know that that's how they are all yeah. the time.
0: Like I said, it looks like a limp, yeah. So,
1: yeah, it looks like, oh, maybe they hurt themselves or something's just wrong with your legs. Like yeah. maybe you just have something wrong.
0: The most common thing I got was, what did you do to your knee? Mm. That's Everybody thinks it's a knee injury. Or an ankle injury. That's the two things I get. Yeah. Or that I got. I don't get that anymore. No. <laughs> you know? I know my wheels are broken. Um, but I think the other half of that is well, since I've been in a wheelchair, the people that used to not treat me differently treat me differently now. And not in a bad way, but in a way that kind of annoys me. And I don't think they mean to annoy me. <laughs> like
1: Oh, like doting on you? Well,
0: not just that, but like here at church, will go to go in sanctuary. And they're like, oh, let me get the door for you. And I'm like,
1: why is that a bad thing?
0: It's not a bad thing. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they're trying to be that way because they don't realize that that's the independence out of me. Where but you like, need help with the door. No, I don't. I thought you did. That sometimes I see? do. Still learning. <laughs> that's I sometimes I do, but I'll ask for it. I think that's the thing is that people don't ask me. But see... They don't, they don't, they just jumped opening the door and that's fine. But I
1: was taught that if someone is in a wheelchair or and has a cane, fine. you open the again, door for them. Again, that's the polite thing to do. That
0: is it. It is. But I think because things have changed so much in 30 years since we've been born, like it's been, I'm not 30 yet. Don't well, make I'm me not 30. either. I'm 29, but like <laughs> you get my point. We grew up in an age where that was, yeah, that's true. And yeah. I believe that that's fine. If you want to be nice, do that. But I'm saying, If the person says, no, I got it, don't continue to try to do that. I think that's my thing is that, like, I get, and honestly, since that's happened, people have respected that now. Okay, They've seen, oh, he can actually do it himself. Like, I've found ways to open doors and move it and still get my wheelchair. Like, there's ways to do that. I think in the handicap and disabled community, though, this is just from watching many videos and having other friends that are, they'll tell you the same thing. Just ask me if you can help me. Normally, they'll say, yeah, you can help me. But it's the idea of you saying, can I, instead of let me do it for you.
1: But well, see, I would never think that that's not okay.
0: And of course not, because you're not thinking to be, be that way. But I just think I'm being helpful. Yeah, and you probably, I know you, so I know you are coming from that perspective. Yeah. And most people are. But I'm saying it can be easily misconstrued because you have to remember these people do still want to try to be independent in the ways that they can.
1: Right. And I get that. Yeah.
0: So it's like being asked makes you feel human. When someone does something for you, it makes you feel like, Oh, they have to do this to help me. But
1: there's things I think like,
0: it's a helpless thing.
1: No, I get that. But things yeah. like opening the door, like yeah. we're down South people, like I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's going to, or not everyone, yeah. men are going to open the door for me nine out of 10 times. And that's not because they don't think I can. It's just the polite thing to do. Um, and I'm going to open the door for someone, especially someone who's like much older than me. It's a polite thing to do. So I don't think down here, you're not going to get asked if someone can open the door for you. They're just going to do what they think is polite. Now, there are other things though, that I have seen people do, um, that like trying to, um, get food for you or, um, here, man, let me pick that up for you. Things that you can do where they just assume you can't, which again, I totally get Um, And I've done that, too, where I just assume you can't do something and realize that I need to give you a chance to do it or I need to ask, do you need help with this? Yeah, but that's really hard to learn as someone who is not used to that because I didn't grow up living with you. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. taught those things. Um, It is hard to 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 take a pause and think about, okay, am I am I taking away independence? Yeah. And
0: that's that's honestly part of it is that for some people, that's literally the issue is that they're fine. They want to do things for themselves, but it's when someone takes it away from you unintentionally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, even if it's unintentional, it can still make you go, well, that sucks. I wanted to do that.
1: Now, you know, I'm tough love. So is it fair, though, to say that people who are disabled, um, you also you've had to learn how to show grace to people, though? who Oh, are yeah, trying to obviously. Help? Like, yeah. I think that is I think that is fair that yeah. while someone who is able to, I need to learn what is respectful to you i think it's also fair for you to learn to extend grace to people who are trying to figure yeah things and i'm out not you. saying that
0: i don't that's not No, what i know I you do i'm apply. just saying like
1: that's something i think we both are, are navigating all the time
0: yeah it's that's the tough part because i'm a really nice person so like i'm gonna say fine <laughs> if you, you help me that's fine like well yeah we can debate that later but <laughs> i just i don't know i feel like I've come to the point now where I'm aware of myself now to know what I can and can't do. Mm. So when someone just takes it, takes it and does it for me, I'm kind of get irritated. Yeah. Because it's like, I can do that. I promise. If I need help, I'll ask. I think that's the thing is that I think people feel like you just won't ask for help, that you're being stubborn. Like, because I know that's my personality. But like, at the same time, if I know I can't do it, I will tell you. Yeah. You know that. I mean, I'll, I've gotten way better. Well, at that, I think but.
1: that's where communication becomes super important. Yeah. Um, you know, on both ends, but I think you've got to be really clear in your communication of, hey, I can do that. Please let me do it. I would like to be independent. And that seems like an overstatement, like of maybe the obvious, but I think that it's important. I think, I mean, you've had to say that with me and, and I'm your wife and it's like, I should get it. But sometimes you just have to go, hey, I really want to be able to do that myself. Like, let me, let me do that myself. And I have to, oh, okay. Yeah. I you understand
0: know. that. And it's, I guess we'll just come down to, like you said, is that, both sides have got to learn how to communicate. Yes. So my advice to people that aren't disabled, consider if that person needs help or ask them first um, because that could make them feel human knowing that you cared and noticed them. Um, and then on the other hand, if they're legitimate, you can tell when someone's being a jerk and someone who's not. Sure. So just read the situation.
1: So I too think about that for couples who maybe you're interabled and you just started dating or you're moving into a more serious part of your relationship where you're going to move in together. And maybe the abled person in the relationship is going to start being more of a carer role. Um, Where I do like, I consider myself um, you're like a caretaker for you. Not that you need a full-time caretaker, but in that I do. There are some things you have to help you a lot um, with, you know, personal things. Um, But like technically by definition, I am a quote unquote caretaker so i do group myself in that category no you Um, are
0: like you help me with cooking sometimes bathroom stuff i mean mm -hmm. that's like personal yeah that's a caretaker thing Mm -hmm. yeah
1: um basic necessities that's yeah um so you know that's something that we've been able to ease into that i would say for our relationship but for some couples you're not going to be able to ease into it because um the person may be more severely disabled than say you are um But that's something that from watching other couples on YouTube or listening to podcasts or whatever, um, there's always an adjustment period. And I think that is the time when you really need to develop your your own communication, whether that's not like your own language, like different words, but like your own way of communicating with each other, even through nonverbal cues, I think, because I can read you now on your days where I go, where I'm able to know, oh, he's going to need my help more or there are days where I can tell you're okay and I don't need to offer my help. But I think that you need to really like be, be intentional in your efforts to figure out how to communicate with each other and being really honest and transparent with each other of saying, this makes me uncomfortable helping you in this way. Um, or, um, I don't know what to do or this freaks me out when you fall down and I don't know, you know, like, I think that's okay. Cause I was afraid to say that a lot in the beginning yeah. that I was freaked out. Um, cause I didn't want to upset you. Um, but, I, you know, I just think it's important to establish that communication early on. And we kind of just figured it out. But I think if we'd been more intentional, it would have been easier. Um,
0: I think that's my advice to anybody is that just be transparent with each other as a couple. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way you're going to be able to function in public if you want to do that. And I think, like, too. Like, if you're able to do nonverbal communication, definitely do it. Yeah. Like, that's changed a lot for us. Yeah. Because I can just give you a look and then you'll be okay. I know what uh, I Yeah.
1: Do. Yeah. In public, especially, like. You don't want to have to shout across a room of people, hey, I need help. I dropped something. Cause that's that'd be embarrassing for me. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm always aware of where he is in a room. And you're pretty much on and I think, you know, especially when you're dating, you're kind of that way anyway. Um, you got eyes for yeah, each you're other. Figuring each other out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is something that now we've learned if I am far from him in a room, I keep I wanna be able to see him. Or one thing we do. Um, we always make sure each other has our cell phones so that if he goes to the restroom somewhere and needs help, um, like where he can't reach his pants to pick them up or needs help reaching the paper towels where he can't reach them, whatever, he can text me and I can get to him pretty quickly, um, Like if we're separated. So that seems simple, but like that's just something we learn to do is keep our cell phone so that we can text each other across the house or whatever if he needs help. But, yeah, I think it's super important to be able to look at each other and go, oh, he needs my help um, so that he doesn't have to shout across the room and make a scene because other people get weird. Oh, I'll help you. I'll help you. And, he, you know, you don't want strangers to help you with certain things. That's
0: another good thing to talk about. Um, But I'll let you finish first.
1: That was pretty much it. Just just that.
0: Yeah, you know, it's like I think that's something is that your family has often tried to say, "Let me help you," and yeah. it's not. They always seem offended <laughs> when I'm like, "No, well, you can't." Because they love you. They just and that's help. fine. Like I yeah. know that I know it's that's the good case. Intentions. But it's like it's hard to explain to people your mindset of no, I have my systems and I have to do it this yeah. way. And it's hard to explain that to them because you and I just worked out like a system. Mm-hmm. So we know, all right, if this is hurting, this is how you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you fell down, this is the best way we know you can get up. Yeah, you needed something this height that you can get your butt to and get off like (laughs) to sit on. Yeah. And they don't think, Oh, I can just brute force. Like I'm kind of a big boy right now. Um, Yeah. But also it's, it's hard because like me, my legs don't work. So even if someone pulled me up, my legs are jelly. They're not gonna. You can't just, brace yourself to stand. I can't brace myself and push up with my back muscles. Right. So like that's it's just a waste of time. It's just gonna. Hurt and I me. think
1: that then becomes my responsibility, yeah. or the able-bodied person's responsibility, to communicate with your family. Like he shouldn't have to constantly explain himself. Um, and he can if he wants to. He's a big boy. Yeah, I don't care. But um, like, for me with my family, I'm the one, and and of course my family, they're gonna come to me and ask me because I'm their child or their grandchild or whatever. Um, they feel more comfortable asking me those questions anyway, which so it works out. But it is my responsibility. And I have found myself over time just saying, hey, um, you know, when we were at your house that time and you tried to help him up, um, it just kind of made things more uncomfortable. Maybe it made him feel bad or made me feel bad. And, you know, if they love you, they're going to listen to you and be receptive. And my family, I know you say they get offended. And in the moment, I think they are Um, maybe have an emotional reaction, but typically they're not actually offended. Um, They feel bad because they can't help and they want to help. But um, again, it's communication. And so you have to have that communication with your family or if it's friends or maybe someone like if you have roommates, someone who lives with you, it's okay to say, you know, actually, we don't want your help. We just um, are going to do it ourselves. We're going to do it this way. This is what works for us. And you may have to explain why. And that's okay too. Yeah. Um, You know, um, but be, again, and that's on me. I then have to too have part of that grace I was telling you about, um, and you have to be patient with people. Um, and it's really hard to unlearn wanting to help someone and to unlearn quote unquote like southern politeness. Um, but it is an unlearning because that is ingrained in us from such an early age of oh help them, open the door, pick that up for them, do this and that for pregnant people, for older people, for women, for disabled people, you know, whoever. We're taught to do these things, but you know. It's okay to to unlearn it and talk about it, and it's okay to be uncomfortable about it. Um, that's a big part, especially in relationships. Um, it's okay to feel uncomfortable, and you can love someone and be totally obsessed with them and think they're hot and also think that something is gross at the same time, and I think that's okay. Um you know, especially when, when it comes to helping each other, maybe with hygiene, um, with things like that, we have three children. So I also had to learn the hard way. Like, um, basically like it was on me when I was pregnant and couldn't do things and needed help tying my shoes or I needed help. Um, you know, with whatever, um, I learned what it felt like to be really uncomfortable and for him to see me, me in a really vulnerable way. Um, of course, you know, like, um, I had a natural childbirth for my last child and that's not pretty. And it's um, I mean, it's a beautiful experience, you know, whatever, but it's gross. Like (laughs) the things our body does when you're having a baby are gross. And he was there. So he saw me at my grossest at my most vulnerable. That's super emotional, super intimate. And so it helped me understand what it feels like to let someone in on those really personal, um, sometimes yucky moments. And so I think that's part of loving each other is being okay with that and being willing to go there for the other person. Um, But it's, it's, and we, we make jokes out of it. We try to make light of it when things are hard or difficult or uncomfortable um, because that's just both of our personalities. But things are, I mean, things are weird sometimes. And I think that's just okay. And I don't know why we're taught that it's not okay. Um, But bodies are gross and, um, People are difficult and sometimes like I remember when you um, one of the first times you really fell down in front of him because his knees would basically just give out and he would just hit the floor like he passed out, but he didn't. But his body would just go. Um, and that's scary for that to happen. Yeah. But I would not know what to do. And I'm the kind of person that I will just talk or I will laugh awkwardly like I, I don't know what to do in awkward situations and so i would just be really weird and we'd end up laughing i'd sit on the floor next to him while he was on the floor and we'd just laugh but we had to learn that you know it's okay to just feel uncomfortable about it yeah, and to even be about upset it. about it um and and
0: you're allowed to be a human
1: yeah i don't think that part ever gets
0: it's never going to be easy it doesn't go away yeah
1: yeah cuz things are also always changing i think with most disabilities they're going most progress or most change over time So different. You're gonna find suddenly there's something new that you're uncomfortable about. Um, But
0: yeah, trust me, when someone has to help you in the bathroom, you learn real quick. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. But
1: Mm -hmm. and and that's the thing. Like let's just let's just be real. And that's part of having a disability for most disabilities. And so that's the kind of stuff we're gonna continue to talk about. Is really candid, maybe taboo things about helping with hygiene, helping in the bathroom. Not details. We're not gonna try to gross you guys out. But that's reality. And I wish that not, I don't think I needed to know that in the beginning, but it would be nice if I'd had someone to go to and say, Hey, all of a sudden he needed my help in the bathroom and that's fine. But it kind of freaked me out. And that person could have been like, Hey, that's normal. It's okay to feel freaked out. It's okay yeah, to be awkward. Yeah. Um, you've never done that for someone before. Yeah, the first time it happens. It's weird. You know, we just figured it, but it would have been just nice to have someone go. It's okay. It's okay to feel weird. Um,
0: or laugh with you about or it. They're exactly. like, I don't remember when I had to do that. Right. Yeah. Like and I think here's for my you, thing. Though, but yeah. Here's my thing. We're so eager to talk about sex with each other. Everyone is. Yeah. And you see the whole each other. Talks about you it. You see your whole. Bu- you you see everything. Okay. We're all <laughs> we're all adults here yeah. for the most part. Bodies sure. everywhere, man. Um. So for me, it's like, why would you be freaked out by? why? I get it, you're wiping someone's butt, but like <laughs>
1: you're putting it all out there. But I'm saying, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I it's, it's my reality, so I got to talk about it, right? <laughs>
1: Sometimes I need
0: help, and that's okay. The
1: first episode talking about it.
0: But (laughs) no pun intended. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I just feel like if you're willing to do those things, it shouldn't be so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. the other way. No, I You've already seen everything, right? That's true. It's just in a different way. If you're intimate
1: with each other, then yeah, it is. It is intimacy, and that sounds weird to compare it to it because we think of intimacy and we think of sex, but yes,
0: you have to be really trusting in both ways.
1: That's exactly right. It's vulnerable. That's the most vulnerable you're going to be. Um But I think too, and I've said it before, you know, w- you know, when you're married for a hundred years, you know, when you're 90, a hundred years old, you might need help in that way. And I'd be willing to do it when we're old. So why would I not be willing to do it now? That's just kind of how I look at it. Um And so it's weird, but it's not, honestly it's not so weird anymore it's just kind of normal um and that's the thing too everything eventually just becomes normal it becomes part of your your normal and your normal is going to be different than everyone else's normal um and that's okay
0: yeah you had a question here about yes is our relationship different how is it different we kind of touched on that i think Mm -hmm. um and i want to get to that we'll probably do that in another episode so we can actually like dive into yeah like misconceptions that we went through yes um but I think we probably need to close on this one. Um, do we know others personally with muscular dystrophy or other disabilities? Do you uh, Okay, that was
1: going to be my thing. Um, I I don't think I know anyone with an actual, like, disability. I know people who have had injuries so that they're in a wheelchair, which is a disability, don't get me wrong, but I mean, like, a disease. Like, I don't know anyone who was born with a so handicap. So you mean
0: a genetic Disorder yes. or disease.
1: I've known people who have become disabled later in their life, um, which is a totally valid thing. Um, and yes, that is a disability. Um, I've certainly never known anyone else with MD. Even to this day, you're the only person I know with muscular dystrophy that I'm aware of. Um, and that's the thing too. I don't know and there could be people I know that have a disability, like a physical disability, um, but I don't know about it. I'm sure I know people with mental disabilities. Um Because technically, I think like anxiety and stuff is considered
0: a mental health disability.
1: Yeah, Um, so I know I know people with those kinds of things. Well, that's what I'm saying, but I don't know if it's considered like by the government a disability. Um, Well, I don't know. I'm sure there's
0: cases of that, sure. Right,
1: because it can affect your whole life. It would make sense. Um, Yeah, but um, no, not that I know of. You're the only person I know, and um, at our church, for an example, you're the only person that comes in a wheelchair. True. Um, And we go to a church that you know, has anywhere from a hundred to um over three hundred people on our like holidays. Um and that's a lot of people and Steven will be the only one in a wheelchair unless like we've had people again who like had a leg surgery and they came in a wheelchair for yeah. a week or two. But Steven is our only like quote unquote handicapped person yeah. at church and that huge amount of people. So yeah. that says a lot. Um and the reason I wanted to ask that question is just to put it into perspective. Um Because if I'm in a group of 100 people at any time and male, there only may be one disabled person, then that person is an extreme minority. And that means that there's probably not a lot of um, assistance and uh, awareness of that person assistance for that person and then awareness of that person. So um, because everything in our society is catered to the able person because we're the majority. Um, And so that's I mean, that's a big part of why we're doing this, too, is because I don't know anyone else. Like I don't have any friends or anything like that who are in a caretaker role. Um, And so I don't have anyone to talk to that understands in that way. My friends are amazing and they do let me talk about this stuff. But it's different to talk to someone who gets it um, on the days that it's hard or my anxiety is high and I'm having like fear-based thoughts about um, Stephen passing away or um, just bad things happening because that's also part of this that people don't like to talk about. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, if you don't have that in your life, sometimes you just need to be that for other people. And so that's what we want to do. And so as we wrap this up, I want to kind of wrap up by saying, if you guys um, don't have anyone like you that you wish you had friends like you in an interabled relationship, or maybe you're just a disabled person um, who doesn't have a relationship yet. It will happen. It's possible. We'll talk about that too. But um, if you need friends in a relationship like you, or if you need friends who get it, who are disabled, um, we're here. We'll be friends. Like, let's talk. If you need to talk about stuff, if you have questions, please leave comments, ask the questions you want in the comments or message us. Um, If we see a question that's interesting, we will talk about it in an episode. Um, But we want to be, we're a safe place, um, and we want to be a little community for each other. We want to be that. Um, So for disabled people, for caretakers, um, let's talk. Let's help each other. Let's show each other that we're not alone. And even though we are a minority, um, we're more common than we probably realize.
0: Yeah, we are. The world's big. So Mm -hmm. Um, we're just lucky to live in a country where it's more acceptable. Yes. Um, Yeah. yeah, I just think that I don't know more people with my personal disability, but mm-hmm. my goal of doing this is to to do that, to find more people with it. Um,
1: I would like to find more people close to our age, yeah. too.
0: But I have started making friends with people that are in wheelchairs. Shout out, Mike. You know who you are, buddy. Um, <laughs> and it's helped a little bit. So um, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Um, I don't know if you're listening to this on podcast or if you're on YouTube, but like Allie said, just leave comments, like it, let us know what you want to hear in the future. Give us topics, questions. Mm-hmm. We'd be happy to answer it. If you just need an uh, encouraging comment, just let us know. That's what we're here for. So, yeah, I don't know how to wrap this up. Um, in the
1: in the description <laughs> of this podcast and of this episode, there will be an email um, that you can write to to write questions. You can tell us your story. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, that's a good um, idea. So I'll leave that in the description. We don't know what it is yet because we are still naming this. Um, so You'll we, know
0: what the name is when you're watching this.
1: That's true. Never mind. I was going to say they can help us with the name. Um, but, yeah, they'll, they'll, there will be a name at this yeah. point. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be an email in the description of the video and a description of the podcast yeah. for mm-hmm. you to reach out to us anytime. And I'll also
0: put links to <clears throat> the MDA yes. um, stuff that we talked about earlier.
1: And you know what? I think we should link some of our um, YouTubers that we like to watch. Definitely. We'll do that. we talk about yeah. disabilities. So, Click on the links, um, follow these other people. They've been really helpful to us yep. and really encouraging. So,
0: yep. Thanks for watching, guys. See you See next ya. time.